Hello, hello, Doctor Who fanatics and also fans of passive listening. You are listening to the Twin Diamond podcast hosted by myself, Joe Arrowsmith, and I'm accompanied by my delightful twin accomplice, blood related, um, Ben Arrowsmith. Hello, what a lovely intro. I know, mate, I spent years preparing for that leading that, to this that moment is the epitome of, of destiny i felt yeah. it with every fiber of my being mate it was well um, i'm feeling the energy mate and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it well mate there's a lot more to enjoy today because we are going to be casting our minds back getting a bit of a retrospective bit of a review on jody's easter special yeah. Legend of the Sea Devils. Exciting stuff, mate. Exciting yes. stuff. But before we do that, we're going to, because it's our first episode, talk a little bit about what our personal affiliation with Doctor Who is, why we're doing this podcast now. Um, so, speaking to you, Benjamin, <laughs> now. Yes, Joseph. Yes. Biblical names only, Benjamin. Yeah. What what does Doctor Who mean to you, mate? There you what go. Let's get a bit question. philosophical. You can answer it philosophically. You can answer it um, in a, the most mundane possible way, mate. It's all it's all balls in your court, mate. So Doctor Who, for me, Joe, is yeah. a uh, it's a TV program that we both <laughs> I think enjoy very dearly, very much. It's a TV program, mate. It is. It is. It's one of Britain's oldest on well no it it is the oldest ongoing tv show in britain right is that true i know it's the oldest ongoing science fiction television program in britain perhaps the world i mean that's that's open to debate isn't it because it's like what do you define as a a science fiction um program not that i have any um, sort of alternate answers to like challenge that with, but um, I'm sure there's someone out there that um, would say actually um, the the uh, oldest Casanova of the two show. moons, which was invented in a uh, late in 1867, <laughs> was recently had a resurgence and is therefore ongoing. Uh, yeah. And that, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, it's old. It's old. It is it, old. It's a cult classic. It's a British treasure. And it's we were a... sort of introduced to it at quite an early age, weren't we? So we're in our 20s yeah, now. But yeah. But we've been part sort of... of we, we've, I, I think it's safe to say we started watching it, what, around three, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I have some very early memories of Doctor Who watching it at a point when... A point in my psychological development... <laughs> Now I can say retrospectively, well, I didn't really know what I was watching. You know, you don't really know what's going on, but there's this, it's sort of got these enticing elements I want to say, or at least I have these memories of watching it with this air of excitement and intrigue. Like I, I sort of specifically remember, and I know for a fact you remember this too, mate, the cliffhanger to episode one of Destiny of the Daleks. Oh, mate, is that, and the that one wall's the vibrating? Wall? Yeah, sorry, I just shook my mic when I said that. I don't know if that was audible, but 
vibrating. Oh, exactly. Oh, that's how they created the sound, mate, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just go to the DVD extras, mate. Uh, you see that on there. Guy shaking his mic violently. Yeah. Um, like really throttling it, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, absolute ham sandwich, mate. Absolute ham sandwich. But um, yeah, that that's a memory uh, that I've retained, and I guess that goes to show that like it bears some significance, right, to us um, through childhood if we can remember that. That's quite an early memory, isn't it? Yeah, I think. I mean, I remember obviously Dad watching. The VHS videos uh, of Classic Who. This was before DVD was really a thing. Um, and yeah, yeah. We'd be watching, oh, I don't even, like, De- yeah, like you say, Destiny of the Daleks. Would it um, just roll all the way through? Like um, on a VHS, no. like, did you have the episode segments? There, was, there, was, there wasn't that little, you know how in the Classic Who um, DVDs now, there's that little intro and, you, and, and then you get like the... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't really have that. It, it just cuts straight into BBC intro, doesn't it? Like yeah, the old one. and then you've got, and then you can select episodes from there. I think. Really? See, yeah. I thought episode selection and like title menus and all this is like a DVD, a feature that DVDs brought in. That's pr- yeah. You're probably right, mate. I, it's such a distant memory. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of veering off course a little bit, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we were indoctrinated from a young age, mate, to enjoy this program. It worked somehow. And I feel like we've gone through all the ages, really. I mean, we're both 23. And I feel like we're at a point now where it is a children's show, but you develop, you develop a more critical way of thinking about it. And you can, you can yeah, you can just criticise it in more depth. Whereas as a child, you're just feeling the warmth of enjoyment. Just happy and... to be there, mate. Just yeah. happy to be there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that sort of sums up uh, childhood in some senses, I hope. Well, I hope for the majority of people. Um, you know, you're just, you're there. You're not really second guessing what you're experiencing. Uh, you're just it's the raw experience of childhood mate that's that's what's so good about it and that's why we continue to care about doc 2 because it's something that that we have in that time it's that sort of childish nostalgia isn't it exactly um, it plays a big exactly. part yeah exactly. so we're so we're doing this as a sort of little pet project aren't we to sort of uh further adventure into our love of this terrible terrible tv program Exactly, um, and our opinions to venture into our opinions about it, and and um try and sort of clarify with ourselves what we think about certain things, certain episodes. Um, I like the idea of doing tier lists as well. I, mate, I love a tier list, as you probably know. Definitely something we're gonna have to do later on in this little series. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to to the idea of that one. Um. But yeah, I, I think we said, didn't we, that we'd like to try and start off each um, episode with some recent news. You know, keep it sort of like something you can listen to as it comes out. So you get what we think about the latest leaks, the latest, you know, um, announcements or whatever. Um, particularly yeah. at this point in time that are relevant to series 14 and it's filming and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we, I mean, recently, and by that I mean literally yesterday, uh, BBC Doctor Instagram posted some photos of a recent um, 
series 14 um filming uh with the uh the little 60s outfits uh, yes and, yes um, mate, what yeah, do you yeah. think and Millie. when you first saw that mate what's your how did you how did you feel about that because obviously they're you, not in their regular get up um do you genuinely right what i thought genuinely it gave me some serious <laughs> idiots landing vibes mate i've got in my notes that and it's because it's because akash said it right so just for some context akash is um a friend we have that also likes doctor who we're in a doctor who group chat right <laughs> there's four it of us so lame. it is so lame and so beautifully lame um just like doctor who mm. and um yeah akash said idiot santa vibes and i had to note it down because you know as much as we've seen the Doctor and Insert Companion here um, in period dress before. Really? Um, oh, no. Oh, oh, I see what, oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's something we've seen before, isn't it? Like, you yeah. go out in period dress, you see it in thin ice, you see it in the Unquiet Dead. Um, but you often get that sort of, like, classical style, um, Victorian Edwardian stuff, something from, the, from further on in the past. But what makes it more similar to the Idiot's Lantern, and it's probably got something to it being a similar time period ish um is that it's got that kind of air of swagger about it it's like kind of cool yeah and i also quite like how um you know they're not sticking to the usual doctor wears the same outfit every episode kind of thing it feels like you mm. know they're chucking something out else out there which i quite enjoy and i did and i think actually that is one of the good things about jody's era even is that they don't always okay. just stick to that one outfit. So that's quite a good carry-on from that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I see it as reasonably consistent trope. I think we, we don't, despite his popularity, I think we don't actually see Tennant do that as much as we do some of the other Doctors. Tennant and Smith both actually um, thinking about I know Eccleston didn't get much of a chance, but I meant, actually, I mentioned The Unquiet Dead. He didn't actually dress in... I'm quite dead. No, so this is the thing. It's usually the companion that dresses for, uh, con- like historical right context. Kind the of doctor thing. is above it, sort of thing. Sort of, yeah. I will say though that sort although of, it's yeah. not historical, sort of, yeah. Although it's not historical, <laughs> um, David Tennant does dress in that little tuxedo in um in the Lazarus experiment, which is a bit of a a sidestep from his usual costume. So we yeah, do see it a yeah. bit with Tennant. Um, and I like that. It's an air, it gives it an air of iconicism as its own story and makes you feel like, okay, I'm strapped into this story right now. Uh, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is always good, mate. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Also, secondly, mate, we've got this little... Um, we don't know who she's playing yet, but um, Jinx uh, costume reveal. Mm. little piano little piano um, yeah. collar thing we've got going on yeah there. i think it's cool yeah, mate. yeah i mean it's like you said um i know you said this before outside the podcast but uh, the piano with the piano um lapels uh there's uh, you know makes us think music themed villain question yeah. mark we're gonna get a musical doctor episode Every TV show has done a musical episode. Are we finally getting a Doctor Who musical episode? I'm not totally into the idea, but I'm willing to... If Russell's writing it, I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah. Even if he's overseeing it, I'm like, I sort of trust this. It, 
the execution of this concept, whatever it may be. Um, I know we've had, you know, music used as a weapon in the rings of Akaten, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, in yeah, terms of music for Villigan, no, we haven't, we haven't had that. Um, and there's an opportunity for iconicism again there, I think, where it's like, you know, it almost seems like this thing where it's like, well, what you, when you think about it, why haven't they done this before? It's almost obvious as an idea that should have been covered already. It's it, it's kind of like um, if you have like a, a supermarket, let, let's put ourselves in a world where supermarkets don't exist, right? All right. And right. suddenly let someone me, invents the, the supermarket. Let me set the scene. I'm, I'm here. Set the scene, right. mate. You're here? What, what right, do you I'm see, here. mate? So, what, so we're on Earth. Oh, mate, I really need to... I need to go out and buy, buy some <laughs> some stuff, but oh, there's nowhere there's nowhere to go, mate. There's nowhere to go. Can't can't get it all from the same place, mate. If only you could. If only go. What's your th- what's your thing? Go say it, mate. What it is is that suddenly you have a supermarket, mate, and it becomes oh a staple. God. I can finally go out and buy stuff. Exactly, mate. So I guess what I'm saying is, is if you have an idea where it's like seemingly obvious that, wow, this thing should have been done already, and then it's done, there's chance of it just becoming a staple in that suddenly that thing exists. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? This is a, it's a bit of a weird yeah. explanation, but no, 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 I understand. It is. It's such an obvious thing that hasn't been done that now it is a possibility that it might be done. It's like, wow, why have we gone this long without it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and it's here, mate. Potentially, so I look forward. Potentially, potentially, I'm skeptical still, but I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. It's either that, or it's sort of this. We've got a bit of um, a flamboyant villain thing going on. I'm into that as well. Give me whatever. Oh yeah, Doctor's got to embrace its like campness eventually. Yeah, just give give me some character juice. That's what I want. Oh, yeah, villains are good when they're sort of flamboyant because it, it gives them this sort of like um, childish elegance. Yeah, uh, I don't. Which is what really know what I mean by all that. about. No, it's what Doctor Who's all about. Childish elegance. I think that would be a good um, like short description, a, a sales pitch for Doctor slogan, Who. Slogan, really. mate. A little slogan, yeah. A, a little um, buzzword. Doctor Who. Going childish on elegance. Yeah. Childish elegance um, exemplified in a beautiful watching experience there you go mate well there you go so mate tm yesterday yesterday you watched for the first time i hasten to add yeah the legend of the sea devils a bit overdue oh god right we're on to the main segment now all right strap in boys and girls yeah strap your seat belts get them fastened it's gonna yeah. be a, a bumpy get ride them fastened fast fast fasten them fast mm-hmm and yeah, listen in. So you watched it for the first time yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Um. I mean, what do you think, mate? I mean, basic outline. Not going too in deep on, you know, different topics because we'll venture into that. But what are your overall thoughts of the story having Over- watched it for the first time? Okay, overall thought. I mean, that's quite difficult because I, I've sort of delved into it quite deeply in my notes and the different aspects, you know, what I think was good, what I think wasn't as good. But overall, as I mean, I enjoyed it, Um, watching it in the sense of like, I hadn't watched a Jodie episode for a while. 
And so there was this sort of um, the novelty of it was sort of rejuvenated at this time yesterday. So I enjoyed that. And was, I haven't really watched an episode of Doctor Who, like sat down and watched an episode of Doctor Who that I haven't seen before in a while. So there were certain elements that were like, ah, oh, that's nice. Like when the TARDIS landed on location, I was like, ah, oh. we're back. <laughs> yeah, like this is an episode <laughs> of Doctor Who. Let's fucking go. Um, so yeah, I, it's not to say I hated it. Um, and, and I think a lot of people did upon its release because, you know, they're watching it within the chronology of the Jodie era, which isn't popular. <laughs> it's bogged down with it, with its, all its weaknesses and stuff. So it's like, oh, here's more of the same shit, you know. But um, worse. But, wor- but yeah, slightly worse than, than the average shit. Um, so, and I, I sort of, I saw that in it. I saw the chibnalisms. I saw the things that, I saw, you know, plastic dialogue, you know, um, kind of subpar characterization and um, things that don't make sense of the plot. Uh, like we said before, um, when we were discussing this, but yeah, um, so I enjoyed it, but I see that it's not very good. I suppose is my summary. So okay, I mean, that's what about you? Fair. Um, Having I... watched it again, so is there anything that differed it... in your between your first watch and this watch? So yeah, I watched it for the fourth time <laughs> yesterday. My um, condolences, mate. It, yeah, so yeah, it's all right, it's all right, um, but. You know what? I think I didn't hate it as much as I did the first time. You know what? The first time, actually, I didn't hate it. It was sort of laughable at the first time. I was like, this is quite Entertaining bad. Entertaining bad. Yeah. Um, It was nice to see the return of an old school villain, I think. Um, You know, we've had old school villains return in the past, haven't we? Um, Some have worked, some haven't, obviously. Uh, Whether this Mm. one worked or not, we'll discuss, I'm sure. Um, did we want to talk about returning old school villains in the past? Did you mean in the sense of like the, the Sea Devils having returned this time? Just or in general, mate. In New Who, in general, returning villains. Back, do we have? Let's 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 even say a top three, mate. A top a top three uh, returning villains. Top three oh, returning yeah. villains from Classic Who to from New Who. From Classic Who to New Who, yeah. Okay. Did you want to start? Did you want to start because, you know... I want to hear what you have to say, mate. You want to hear what I have to say. So we're going yeah. in in a particular order here. Okay, so... I would say... Okay, so... I prepared this list for the podcast because I knew I, this I would come up. So that's why I want you to, I want, I wanted you to go first. Okay, all right. So I've got as a number three. Okay, so there's actually surprisingly, I want I checked on Reddit all of the returning monsters because I wanted to be sure there was something I didn't miss. Um, and there's not loads. So these are the ones I went with. So for number three, I went for the Silurians, um, mainly because I feel like the moral dilemma, twin dilemma, you could say. Oh. Um, no, the moral dilemma of, you know, uh, or the moral sort of ambiguity around, you know, who is entitled to this planet and, you know, the story they did in the Silurian serial initially, um, uh, when they did it again in New Who, I feel like it was handled in a more modern way and that was kind of cool to see. 
Um, you've got, you know, the Silurians almost feel equivalent to humans more here in that they have like a whole society um, underground and they have like a council and all this stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was cool that it was it was cool that it was executed in that way um and cool that we got we got to see the story sort of redone in a more modern light and that's what i think it, it should be about when you're bringing classic monsters back is uh reinventing yeah yeah reinventing them modernizing them i thought that was done really well in in hungry earth cold blood so yeah have you do you want to do your number three next well okay mate, or... okay mate i mean you know this is going to be a bit of a controversial one because they're a bit of a single use sort of uh, not very diverse alien. Um, but I actually Shoot really it, liked the Autons, mate. Shooty. 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 Autons, mate. Autons oh, is what I liked. Um, uh, okay. Listen, okay. I think in old classic Who, all right, they weren't great. Okay, we can say that. They're, Ooh, they're not meant to... Uh, yeah, sort going to rustle right, some right. feathers there, mate. Rustle some jimmies in this one. Yeah. But I think, listen, they're not. They're not. They're meant to be shop window dummies, but they look like they're made of metal. They look like people in costumes. It's I weird. hear that. I feel like I, when I watch that, I'm like, oh, did they just look like that then in the 70s? I mean, we weren't there. Did they just look like that? I don't know, mate. I'm skeptical. I'm yeah. Skeptical. I like how they were reinvented and I like how the new Who era opens with that story with the Autons. It's a little flavor of mm. the past, but it's also Yeah. This is where yeah. we're going. Okay. This is a new yeah. direction, but we're playing it safe. We're taking something that is a classic Doctor Who villain. Um I thought that was cool. Yeah, and, and we're not going to make nesting. too much big of a deal out of it sort of thing. Exactly. They they're there as just an introduction to Doctor Who rather than this big overarching thing. Not like the Daleks, obviously, where they're used as a sort of overarching villain. The Autons are just there. And it's just a little flavour from the past to, um, you know, swing things back into gear kind of thing. Yeah, because Daleks' first episode would have been like, well, that's cheap. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hear that, mate. Mate, I was sceptical at first when you said it, but no, your your reasoning is um is sound, mate, to me. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No worries, mate. Anytime, anytime, mate. Um, so yeah, I went I went for Daleks next, um, which I know is like sort of what you'd expect, um, but you know, I'm talking about more specifically when they were brought back. If that's you know, if we're gonna go in on that. Because obviously the, we're right. seeing the Daleks quite a lot now. Um, are you referring to Dalek the serial, or are you just the reintroduction of the Daleks in general? I'm talking about sort of RTD Daleks um, specifically. Okay. And, and I suppose what it is about them is that they were just done so well, you know, as the most the like biggest threat the the most threatening villain the arch nemesis the thing the doctor should be most afraid of I feel like they really nailed that you know they're relentless um they there's really is this air of relentlessness about them in the rtd era you know they don't hesitate to kill you see them kill a lot um and they have this power as well it really feels like it takes some effort to take down a dalek in uh, at that 
point in the show, you know, that seasons one and two especially. Um, so, yeah, that's it really. I just think, you know, I can't find much fault in it and that's the Daleks that are best for me is, yeah, they seasons do fall one off, and two. Definitely. They fall off after a while. We need a bit of a break from the Daleks, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's what you hear all the time, but they've got that contractual obligation, don't they, to put them in every season. Yeah. So, yeah. God knows how to get around well, that one. I mean, speaking of speaking of monsters that need to take a break, this is going to go completely against what I say for my second option, because um, I do think this villain needs to uh, needs to take a break for a little bit. But the master, okay, is my number two. I think the master is uh, an excellent an excellent villain, especially uh, with John Sim. And even, um, uh, oh, who's the woman who plays Missy? I can't remember her name. Ah, uh, Michelle Gomez. Michelle Gomez. There you go. See, I didn't Michelle... go for the master. I did consider the master. I didn't go for the master because I thought, is it a monster? I didn't know if we were, yeah. I wasn't sure. It's, you know in, I mean? it's, in a, it's a gray area. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting it in there because I think it deserves recognition. I think, you know, I liked um, Sasha Dewan as the master in the most recent doctor who era i think i think it's been overused a bit i don't like how it's sort of vague his placement in the master chronology i don't particularly like the overuse of his he's more he's not there's no intelligent uh, storylines with him in them really Um, yeah and you sort of need that don't you because he's meant to be if anything the most intelligent villain yeah 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 yeah. yeah. um uh, yeah anyway i'll keep it brief mate that is yeah that's my second option there so mate number one what's your favorite your favorite uh, mate okay so i wanna just before i say what it is i just want to say this is my favorite returning villain but perhaps my favorite villain in doctor who okay and that is my boy Davros, okay? Oh, hell yeah. That's my number one as well. Oh, mate. Yeah. It was written in the stars, mate, in all of them. Nice. Oh, well, mate, he's fucking villainous, man. He he's is an evil, insane. Evil goblin man. He is an evil, little slimy, decomposing goblin man, mate. But he I is. love him. You know what? When he's doing that laugh in Journey's End... When like the reality bomb was going off or whatever, it, I think it's in that moment. It's actually a bit scary. It's like I know it's a kids <laughs> program, but it's like holy shit, this guy is fucking like actually insane. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. Oh, what's his name? I'm looking through the Julian Bleach. Julian Bleach. Honestly, mate, best, best Davros. Davros. Yeah. Yeah. Best Davros. Yeah. I mean, we would say that though because he's our Davros, but then mate, he just no, no, needs. No, 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 no. I watched um, Resurrection of the Daleks <laughs> recently. Right. Davros in that is good. Don't get me wrong. But it don't yeah. hit the same. The act, the way, I think a lot of it, you know, is the, the improvement in makeup and, and, and visual effects. Of I course. Think a modern, more modern more, script. Well, yeah, modern script as well. But Davros is way more animated in the new Doctor Who stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's ve- he's he's sort of a bit um, animatronic and sort of robotic, 
in Resurrection of the Daleks. He's very sort of um, matter of fact, Doctor. Yes, and also I mean? his face doesn't really move that much because it is just a a, a mask, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's struggling. They're struggling. That guy's struggling in there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to breathe, man. It's hard to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely though, mate. There's a stark contrast, and they nailed it. And that's what New Who's all about. Mate, it's what it's all about. You bring back these these monsters, and they they reach this new level of like complexity as characters, and like um, they just ah, oh, you just feel him so much in that story. He's so um, he's kind of pathetic, you know. There's this sort of sad irony that he's so insignificant to the race which he glorifies, yeah. and because he's not a Dalek, and and that adds a bit of a layer to him as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they're always like they're they're going in and out, especially in classic Who, using him, dropping him. Like, do you know what I mean? He's he comes in and out of yeah. it when the Daleks need him, kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's and I like sad. that more complex relationship. It sort of um, defies your expectation of like evil master race has their leader. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a complex character, mate, and we love that. Yeah, he is, mate. He is. He is. And just so enjoyable to watch. Um, Julian Bleach, what a guy. Um, but yeah, if we, I guess we'll move on to the, the, the review itself and discussing Legend of the Sea Devils, um, what we think of it. Um, so, so did you, is there anything you wanted to start with? I mean, how do we tackle this? Well, I mean, we could start off with the Sea Devils themselves. Um, right. Unless you want to sort of go over the storyline kind of thing. How do you want to do this, mate? Let's talk about the Sea Devils. Because, because when the episode was announced, you know, that's the, the marketing point. That's the flagship thing, isn't it? The Sea Devils are coming back. It's their new um, debut. And that's, that was meant to create the hype, wasn't it, really? Despite the fact it was meant to be a season 13 episode. That was the selling point so that's quite important i feel like you know how well did they execute that what do you think mate what do you think? um um i mean in terms of visually they've had a bit of an upgrade haven't they maybe not yeah. so much in the way i would have liked um the cgi on the captain is quite starkly contrasting to the weird background characters with their little masks um it's yeah. odd um i think you know it's okay it does take me out of it a bit i think we mentioned this before but it's a bit sarah jane adventures vibes with the with the way they look the way they talk um <laughs> yeah it's a bit like um alien race um 101 isn't it it's like a voice that sounds like this sort of vaguely yeah. Um, alien and and uh, malicious sounding, you know, um, snaky sounding. Yeah, and they're green and as well. They're green, which is very alien. They've yeah. also got these new weapons. They've got these swords. Obviously, in Classic Who, we see them more with these little um, disc disc things. Yeah, that's quite iconic to them, isn't it? I hadn't thought about this, but that, you know, why no discs? I like a disc. Yeah, I like discs, mate. They're iconic. But this time, of course, they're using laser swords with um, some sort of poisoning thing, poisoning element. Um, they refer to it, what it's called, I can't remember. 
but it, it poisons. Yeah, like anti antioxy something. Something like that, mate. Something like that. Not really explained at all in the episode, but um, that's what they're using. Um, and of course, we see the use of a, a ship as their means of travel and accommodation throughout the episode, which is uh, quite different to the little cave-dwelling boys that we've seen in Classic Who. Yeah, definitely a stark contrast in their image as a whole. So yeah, in the Sea Devils, you get this. Yeah, they're in these meshy rags. Um, they, they're sort of dwelling in this cave, which they are doing again here, but it, it looks like just a cave sort of thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, you get, yeah, you get, yeah, this idea, like you said, like they're cave dwellers. And, and now you get them in these sort of ethereal um, robes um, on this big epic ship. And part of me thinks, well, that's kind of cool to see them with this upgrade. But then part of me wonders, does that sort of break the spell? You know, does that sort of contrast you heavily with what connotes to a sea devil sort of thing? I, I would think it does, mate, because I, I, you know, with the early sea devil episodes, especially the sea devils, right? We're, we're in 20th century England. Uh, they're in these rags. They're, they're semi, uh, you know, they're not very advanced. Okay, they're not very advanced. Um, no, and then we're going no, back no. in time to the 19th century, China. And these guys are like leagues above where they're meant to be a whole century in the future. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's odd, mate. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And then, but then they don't make any effort to explain that, really. Um, and I guess it kind of it's a bit disappointing because it's this thing of like, uh, creating a bit too much separation between classic and new who is almost as if you know I like some some continuity I think that that honors the show and it honors the reason that this is a, a, a selling point that is hype you know is because wow this is a really OG villain right yeah um, yeah monster but it's like yeah, it's sort of not acknowledging the OG story in some ways. So, yeah, yeah, they're 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 sort of they're they're making it a new thing, I think. And 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 speaking of new things as well, mate, we've also got this new villain. Uh, is it well, villain, a monster, beast, the Hua Sheng. Yeah. Um, what do we? Looks really Hua cool. Sheng, I agree, mate. I agree. I think it did look cool. It sort of has some similarities to the um, the creature in Thin Ice. Uh, sort of big underwater fish. Killer fish. Yeah, yeah. Definitely similar vibes uh, to that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of... I mean, we said this before um, and we were discussing it before, but it, it, it's a bit derivative because it's like this fish. It's a fish. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's fish, not an a completely unique alien species. It, yeah, it's a fish. So it's like, oh yeah, it's just... Uh, it's a and then like it always the also just sort of there when it comes to the story as well. It doesn't speak. It doesn't, you know... When I think good villain or good monster, I think, you know, it has a motive. Um, it has um, a personality. And 
So it's just, yeah, it's like an animal. It's just there to decorate it's like, it's the a episode. It's big reptilian boy. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a glorified part. sniffer dog, mate, uh, in, in, this, in the way it's used. It is just used to find that, um, that little necklace thing. The keystone, mate. The keystone. Which I said was the infini- an infinity stone. It is an infinity in stone. In Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> so that is that. That is the way it's being used, which is a bit questionable. I mean, it would have been nice to see a, um, you know, a different way for the sea devils to track this thing down rather than, you know, we've got big fish that knows where it is at all times. Yeah, it feels, a bit well, I, it feels almost like that plot device is is sort of thrown in just so they can have a big fish that looks really cool. It moves it along. Yeah, no, yeah. but it also just moves the story along, I think. Yeah, it gives an, an added plot element as well. Something a bit like more is more in that sense. It's, it's something more that's in the story. But it, yeah. like I said, there is just this sense of it's just there when you're watching it. And, um, and I feel like I, I like the idea of like maybe them using it as like a bigger threat that the sea devils and the doctor have to unite against sort of thing. I like that, but obviously that's not what they did with it. No. And it's interesting you say that, mate, because the sea devils in classic who aren't typically malicious, are they? They're, they're, they're similar to the Silurians in that they are, they're like, Mm. they're like humans, mate. They're just, they're fighting Mm. when they're annoyed and when they're not annoyed, they're just yeah, trying ego, to live yeah. on. They're just keeping their lives going. Yeah. But in this story, yeah. it doesn't so much feel like that, does it? No. I mean, when the Doctor um, first confronts the Sea Devil or comes into contact with the Sea Devil in this episode, it's like, a Sea Devil. And sea it's like, Devils. <laughs> a sea Devil. And it's almost like, oh, yeah, there's the punchline. But at the same time, it's like, you're talking to this thing as if it's a Dalek, you know? You. It should be like, oh, it's Sea Devil, dude, what, what are you doing there? Yeah. Let's share yeah, the planet. Your little, your little crazy little fish van. Yeah, crazy you little smelly fucking... Smell like fish, mate. Sm- I smell like fish. I smell but like we, fish. We ha- <laughs> I smell like <laughs> fish. But I think, um, you know, I mean, that is one of the issues with New Who, isn't it? Is that it's, it's more... Um, it, it, it's creating a storyline around a monster rather than trying to put a monster in a storyline. Yeah, I mean, th- there is some thematic consistency because you've got the the pirates in the historical element and then obviously pirates, the sea. So there's some... I see what they're doing there. They're doing there. They're doing something. They're doing, doing a little sign sign with that one, mate. Yeah. Yeah, but... So they're doing something... But I think what it falls down to in terms of the lacklusterness is like the script and, you know, bad dialogue, like plot is runs. There's some weird things in there. Like the, there's a lot of weird plot holes, man. There are mistakes going on. Yeah. Do you want to go over? Because I know for a fact with this episode, like so many Chibnall episodes, you know, you can run over some things that. <laughs> don't make blatantly, sense blatantly blatantly don't i just sense. know with this episode mate there's some there's some there's a bit of that you know no i'm gonna go dead on right directly from the beginning the doctor and the fam 
They land on this beautiful right. sunny beach, blah, blah, blah. Cut to about a 10 minute walk away. It's chucking it down with rain. The, the, the people, right. The weather, mate, the weather consistency in this episode is weird. It's weird. What is it trying to be? Is mate. it trying to be rainy? Is it trying to be sunny? Is that right, mate? See, I didn't, I didn't notice that until you mentioned it. And it's, it is, yeah, that's weird, I suppose. Uh, that, my initial question would just be why. What, what, did they just miss that? Or I don't know. What's going man. on there? I don't know. It feels like big chunks of it are cut out, which I would guess is a possibility considering I assume they were given a longer time slot initially. The episode's only 45 minutes long. Mate, it's like is... what I was saying about the the. I thought the sea devil lair was in the the belly of that monster, and then you told me, "Nah, mate, they 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 cut it out. They cut out the whole sequence where it shows them <laughs> going into the cave or whatever." Yeah, mate, it's a classic thing because I thought that as well. I thought that the the sea devil base is inside the monster. It's not, mate. It's not. Mate, see, I know they're working under some restraint here. I don't know if it's like a COVID thing or like just the runtime needed to be shorter for some reason or they couldn't fit what they wanted to fit in the runtime. I don't know, mate. But yeah, it's stuff like that where it's like when you've got the production of an episode happening as smoothly as possible, these things don't happen. You don't yeah. record too much. And maybe it's something that's out of their control. I don't know what the cause of this actually is. So it's like, it's hard to really measure it as like a criticism or not. Because it's like, well, if it's not their fault, then fair. Nah, mate, there's only so much you can blame on COVID. Probably every TV show had to have this issue with COVID and restrictions. You work around it, man. <laughs> it has a very brutal... It's brutal, mate. That it is, is brutal. brutal. But like, why does that episode suffer? But say, I don't know, Power of the Doctor doesn't suffer as much. They're recorded in vaguely the same time frame. I don't think it's the same block, though. I feel like Sea Devils was meant to be in Series 13, which is another problem with it, really. It's... I bet they cut out stuff that was to do with the Flux. Perhaps. Oh, mate. That. You're on something there. You're under something there. There were mate. some things that were happening while they were talking about the flux that got cut out. I mean, do we want to talk about the Yaz and Dan trapping the sea devil? <laughs> Let's do <see> it, mate. <laughs> Come on, mate. What did you think? Go on, run me through it while you're watching it. Okay, so... Obviously, there's this moment of spontaneity where the Doctor goes, NOW! And they trap this sea devil. And there's nothing prior that implies that they would have been able to scheme this even non-verbally. There's no shared <laughs> art glance. There's no... So it's like, what are they sort of telepathically communicating this something? It's, it's rubbish. It's bollocks. They're a close-knit group. Nah, Actions they... speak louder than words, Joe. Unless Joseph. now is the key word that means let's get the ropes out if they're there um conveniently <laughs> and, how are they, why and are they tie there? up the monster 
Why are they there? Why are there, Why is there just a rope? That was like, mate, actually <laughs> running through my, as I was watching it, that was my first thought. It's like, well, who put that there conveniently? For <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it why? It's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. And then we have that, that weird thing. And then shortly after the sea devil does the Mario jump onto onto the ship <laughs> see a lot of people seem to have problems with that I was listening to a podcast about this episode a few days ago and um, and someone was like oh, I saw a lot of people watch it and say it was crap and I was like oh but see that was doing its jump it can't be that bad and it's like yeah then I watched it and I was like yeah that's, that's shit <laughs> why <laughs> Just a why is shit, he doing really? that he doesn't use that for the rest of the episode either he doesn't, he doesn't do his super jump for the rest of the, the rest of the episode it's like, oh, let's quickly get him on the ship. Let's save some runtime. Just Minecraft creative moding onto the, onto the <laughs> ship. Yeah, mate. I like that. Yeah. It's just weird, man. It's weird. I like that, mate. Minecraft it's funny, though. Really. It is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can only laugh, mate, or you've got to cry, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, so... <laughs> So yeah, Madam Ching is the is the historical character um, of of choice, I suppose. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super clued up on Chinese history. Um, I'm aware that Madam Ching is a infamous Chinese pirate um, in the early 19th century. I wasn't. I wasn't bloody aware. I, I'm aware episode. after watching the episode and doing a little bit of research. Did you read? Yeah. Did, did a little Wikipedia. Off the Wikipedia. Yeah. Whacked yeah. up Wikipedia on the big screen. Read through that one. A um, lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, I think, you know, according to Wikipedia, now, you know, citation needed, obviously. But we're, you know, Madam Ching is meant to have this huge fleet of pirates. It's implied that she has a little gang on, or not a little gang, but, you know, a whole crew on her mm. ship. Yeah. Mate, Madam Ching in the day. Like Genghis Khan like, of the sea. It, yeah, yeah, mate. Spanish Armada vibes. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's right. the pirate, pirate queen, okay? Uh. We're not just talking about, like, ragtag group of pirates. Um, I feel like that could have been explored a bit. It wasn't, which is or fine. More, more mean, accurately represented. Or more, more accurately represented, yeah. Mm. Um, but I mean, there's only so much space. They want to focus on the classic Who monster, don't they? Um, yeah. It, it is sort of just uh, yeah. side... It, what's, the, what's the phrase? Like, it, it is just... It's plunging in a, a, a historical character there for the sake of having an, a historical character. Um which yeah, it feels very meta, doesn't it? Oh, you're so-and-so from the bloody that point in history. Oh, my, no way. This has never happened before, where we're Wait, spontaneously Doctor, Doctor John, is that, is that the person who did this thing back in the past? Oh, yeah. She's brilliant, she is. And then, yeah. so, like, they just get her on site. You know, I feel like... You know, like you said, I didn't know that it wasn't necessarily historically um, inaccurately uh, portrayed. But the irony of that to me, and this is what I thought when you said it, is Chibnall 
is often trying to educate us about these historical figures in a way that's more blatant than than the other showrunners have done, I think. Um, yeah. And to an extent where it feels very plastic, they're sort of reciting whether it's the companions or the character themselves doing this. They're sort of facts being sort of very plastically recited about them. Um, and, and where I feel like it misses the mark is, well, first of all, you're doing that and you're not even, you know, you're not even fully accurately representing historically what this is, um, which is what you've pointed out. Um, but, you know, also you're compromising, you're not compromising the character. That's not a necessity, but I feel like what it's lacking is, you know, who is this person in reality? You know, you make, don't just make this person as some of their historical facts. That's what we are meant to as the audience already know. What is meant to be interesting about the experience of watching these historicals and watching these historical figures come to life is seeing them as people and the complexity of who they are as people, you know. Um, but she's just like generic, um, militant, uh, emotionally repressed uh, person of this type, pirate woman, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a so, generic yeah. side character dressed up as a historical character. Yeah. Which is a bit yeah. of a shame. It's, it just, yeah, it feels very, like, generic what you'd expect this character to be with a, with not much complexity to it. You know, why does she choose this lifestyle? Why does it suit her? Um, why is she defensive and untrusting? Um, all these things that it's like, you could really explore a character here in the script, but instead we're getting some facts and, um, you know, someone to just sort of plod along with the plot. Yeah. Well, we speak of this questionable Chibnall writing. Um, maybe now would be a good time to sort of break up the review a bit with a little, a little segment, if you're interested. Um, right. a little, so okay. I've got here, um, a little chat GPT AI, um, generated script of Doctor Who, uh, <laughs> with the, the, okay. the Doctor, Yaz, Sea Devils. I mean, mate, who, right. do you, who, 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 do you, who do you want to be? I mean, we've got here, let me, let me just... Wait, so just to clarify, you've AI generated a Doctor Who script? Yes, I'm, okay. I'm reading through it. I haven't actually read through this. This, this could be terrible, mate. Um, but we've not actually got a, <laughs> a Sea Devil part, because the Sea Devil was basically mute in this. So, so I mean, Sea Devils got... specifically as well. Okay. Sea Devils, right. yeah, because I wanted to keep it related, you know, keep it related. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've got Yaz, the Doctor, and we've got a little stage directions. Do you want to be um, the Doctor in the stage directions, mate? And I'll do a little Yaz impersonation. Okay. Okay, right, so you're Yaz, I'll be the Doctor, okay. Let, let me send this in the Discord chat. Okay. I'm going to cue some... Uh, oh, I'm going to have to say this in two parts. Right. Um, okay. So the Discord is open. Discord's open. Let me just quickly send this second part. Okay. Do, we, do you want to start off then? You're doing the stage directions. I'm going to cue in some like ominous music here while we, while we read this. All right. Let me just go to the top of this. Okay. The camera pans over the vast ocean. 
the waves crashing against the cliff. Suddenly, a figure emerges from the water. It's a sea devil, one of the Doctor's oldest foes. The 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker in brackets, and her companion, Yasmin Khan, Mandip Gill in brackets, are inside the TARDIS, travelling through time and space. Doctor, there's a distress signal coming through. It's a distress signal. No, wait, I've read that. <laughs> I mean, Keep it mate, you, all right, you could have rolled with it. That's very AI vibes. Okay, you've just no, done we're, we're rolling with it. We're rolling with it. Okay. All right, mate, say it again. In the way you just said it. Doctor, there's a distress signal coming through. It's a distress signal. <laughs> Where's it coming from? The Pacific Ocean, somewhere near the coast of California. It sounds like you're being the doctor, sort of saying, why okay. am I asking the questions the, as the doctor? The Pacific, no, I mean in the, the script. Pac- oh, oh, Do you I know see. what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, oh, where's it coming from, doctor? But it's the doctor saying that. Anyway. Um, California? That's my favourite state. But what could be causing the distress signal? Only one way to find out, Yaz. Let's go. The TARDIS materialises on a rocky shore. Doctor and Yasmin step out, surveying their surroundings. Ah, it's nothing like the salty sea air, just to clear your head. Yeah, it's great, except for the giant (laughs) sea monster. Dun dun dun! Oh my god! A sea devil! Haven't seen one of those in years! Time to get to work. The sea devil is attacking a small fishing boat. The Doctor and Yasmin run towards it. Stay back, Yaz. I'll handle this. The Doctor pulls out a sonic screwdriver and approaches the Sea Devil. Now, now. What's this all about? Hiss. That's the Sea Devil hissing. Oh, thanks, mate. Oh, I see. You're hungry. Well, lucky for you. Brought a snack. The Doctor pulls out a fish from her pocket and tosses it into the sea. That is so chibnall. Of course the Doctor's carrying a fish in her pocket. Because I'm the Doctor. Just just accept it. Why have I got this fish in my pocket? Because I'm the Doctor. Just accept it. (laughs) (laughs) The sea devil happily devours it. Don't like that. Mmm. Mmm. Ooh. 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 Delectable. Delectable. Mmm. There, that should hold you over for a bit. This is shit. The doctor's just fed the sea devil a fish. That's literally... That's what's happened here. <gasps> How did you know that would work? The doctor winks. Just a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's see what's causing that distress signal. Doctor and Yasmin head over towards the fishing boat, ready to investigate. Fade to black. It, that was really terrible. That's like borderline, like cut-worthy content, mate. I think we should keep it in there. <laughs> let's keep it. <laughs> let's, let's keep it in, mate. Let's keep it in. Uh, you know. What do we think? I actually think that was worse than Chris Chibnall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So full disclosure, right? We did this segment before because we <laughs> we recorded this podcast once already. And it, I, my recording failed, um, unfortunately. But yeah, we did this thing before and it was really fun. So we wanted to try and do it again. It was better last time, wasn't it? 
when we <laughs> yeah. read it. The script was better. The script was better. It was, was actually, we were like, this matches Chris Chibnall. We were seeing the parallels. We like, oh, that's like Chris Chibnall's script. Apart from the bit we where the, the-, the doctor runs through a TARDIS corridor out into the Sea Devil Cave without going through the TARDIS exit door. They just yeah, runs from weird. a corridor. That was weird. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was worse than Chris Chibnall. So we haven't <laughs> really proved anything there. I think it's good though. I think we should keep it. Maybe we should make this a thing. Maybe every not every episode, but we'll just throw it in there sometimes. Every yeah, like throw it in there. Through. Maybe when we do a new doctor every time. Oh, I'm not doing a shooting impersonation. That's gonna be bloody borderline offensive. Well Well, we don't actually know what he's gonna sound like. We, yeah, we Yeah. Well, we've got what the hell is going on here? Or whatever he says. That's really What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Neither were close, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really know how to how to um, uh, run on from that that segment. Really, I guess that's well, we it. want to talk about we want to talk about a little bit of Thasmin Thasmin issues here. Oh, we Jesus. could go on to that. Right. We've done the little Yaz Doctor inter- interaction just now, um, so we might as well talk about Thasmin. Okay, if we must, mate. If we must. We must. We, we must. And we will. Okay. Okay. So when, when I watched the I'm not a bad day, am I, scene. By the way, that scene when they're standing out at the TARDIS doors looking at the ocean looks really cool. I think it say. looked cool too, mate. I think it looked cool. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Definitely looks really cool. Um, that's the whole point of it. And I was sold. I was like, yeah, fair enough. That looks cool. Um, so that's like a, a little surface level positive, mate. Um, but yeah, when she says sort of, I'm not a bad day, am I? And they have that sort of thing. I actually thought this is well acted. The problem, the reason it doesn't work for me is that the relationship potential in context, you know, I don't believe Yaz is someone that is special to the Doctor. She's a very meta companion, um, you know, asks questions and sort of like, looks on in awe at what's happening and has some moments of courage and like has human empathy in a very average way and like um other than that it's like what special element does this character have as a person that makes her a likely romantic part of the doctor you know what is it mate she's it's, very it's not there is the answer she's like a more modern less screamy version of mel or some someone like that well, it's just, you know, run of the mill. We're using that phrase a lot, but I feel like it is applicable. Just a run of the mill companion. Mm. Yeah, just a, just a companion. And, uh, yeah, that, mate, the fact it can barely be expanded on is it's like, underexplored wow, as well, mate. It's, the whole thing's underexplored. And, it's, and I found, at least, that it was sort of wedged between the rest of the plot rather than actually being part of the plot it was sort of like okay Mm. oh we're gonna attack the sea devils now and oh but let's take a step back and let's talk about us Mm. (laughs) i mean mate, i did i said this to you before in that 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 scene where the doctor's sort of blowing up the ship or whatever and then they're discussing their relationship i kind of saw that as like the doctor finds it more comfortable discussing this sort of thing when she's already preoccupied 
by something else. It's almost like she doesn't give, have to give her full attention to discussing something that she finds awkward. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, if, yeah. What is it about them that is like, I'm buying into this? Um, I don't know, mate. It does I feel it does feel a bit forced into the episode. Actually, I agree in that. And um, to go back to that, in that it feels like right, we've decided to do the story, so it kind of has to feature here, really, because we're coming to the end of the Jody thing um, era. So where it's always like, oh, we after seeing it crop up in either the dialogues, it's like, well, we expect to hear a bit more of this, really. And yeah, it's not really as naturally integrated in the story as you know as it could have been. They could have made it more integral to the story, you know? Possibly controversial, right? But I actually think that the end scene is... It's kind of okay. It's kind of okay. I I like it. I think it works fairly well. It just feels a bit redundant with, like, the other scene as well and all the other little bits where they're talking about it. Like, if they would have just had... If they would have hinted at it throughout the episode, not really addressing it... And then right at the end, had that big talk. That makes more sense because they're yeah. away from the danger now. I like you know that I mean? idea, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's almost like um, uh, the tension as the viewer is building towards it. And then it's sort of the tension breaks, but in this very calm way, like full disclosure to each other. Um, I like the idea personally. I've sort of just thought of this. Um, I like the idea of they're sort of the doctor's sort of spends the whole of the episode trying to disregard um, her feelings towards Yaz to herself um, whilst Yaz is blatantly sort of trying to chase it in some way um, with encouragement from Dan. And then say there's a point towards the end of the episode where life, um, Yaz's life, sorry, looks like it's really um, in danger, you know, she's going to die. And the doctor feel it like gives this panicked disclosure of her feelings to Yaz in that moment. But I feel like that would be like something that would really like challenge the character of the doctor. And you know, that's what these things should really be about is like opportunity for good character drama in this romance thing where it's like, you get moments like that um, where that really challenge the characters, but you don't really get that with this. It just feels like they've inserted this romance storyline as like a fan service nice thing and it doesn't really in ex- execution it doesn't really provide anything interesting in in it do you know what i mean it's sort of just put in there for the sake of pleasing people rather than actually playing towards anything and that's the thing it sort yeah. of doesn't really go anywhere it, it happens and they tie it they tie it off as quickly as they brought it on kind of thing they're like this is a thing but we're going to diffuse it now because it doesn't really fit in with where we want to go with it. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't learn anything about the Doctor in that. Really. It's the same as the time as child thing. You've got, you know, this whole retcon thing which is inserted for shock factor. But, you know, what are the implications for the Doctor's character? Nothing. She just sort of resumes her normal self and goes, oh, it doesn't matter really though, does it? And it's like the same thing with the, with the Yaz and the Doctor thing. It's like they disclose their feelings in a because they just do um eventually and then that's it there's no like it's not complicated it's not do you know what i mean yeah 
I mean, complicated things, mate. I mean, what do we think about the plot of the story? Did you you understand what the plot was about? A lot of people didn't really. I didn't really care what the plot was about. I was sort of enjoying the Doctor uh, talk to the Sea Devils and... You know, Cast your mind back, mate. Cast your mind back. What 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 was the Sea Devil's plan in this story? <laughs> Get the keystone. I'm really trying to answer this question here. Get the keystone <laughs> to sort of alter the. Um, Why do they want the keystone, mate? Uh, I see, aren't they trying to alter like the habitat of the Earth to make it uninhabitable for humans, but habitable for them or something? Sure, mate. Uh, sure. They're trying to switch the, um, what is it, geomagnetic poles of the world to cause chaos and flood the Earth. Now, mate, I did a little simple Google of what would happen if you swap the geomagnetic poles of the Earth. Um, This is first page Google, by the way. This isn't like, I didn't have to dig deep for this. Um, Not much is the answer. Not much, mate. Um, So... (laughs) I mean, the port of the poles of the Earth. So you're swapping the North and the South Pole. Yeah, the magnetic field, not not geographically actually taking the South Pole and putting it on the North Pole. Do you know what I mean? But isn't Switching that like, mag- say, you put two magnets together, and then you keep them together, and you just turn them around? They're still yeah. together. Yeah. Is it like that sort of thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Right. Okay. Um, so it's, it's not scientifically accurate either. I mean, I mean, so there are mixed theories online because obviously this. I mean, what I basically read is that the Earth naturally swaps geomagnetic poles every so often anyway. Um, and it doesn't really have too much of an effect. If it were to happen suddenly, um, there could be some minor weather issues here. I mean, we'd have a little bit of flooding, some wildfires, things like that. And then it would sort of balance itself out after that. So, um, yeah, I don't know if this is intentionally the sea devils getting it wrong or if Chris Chibnall has just not done any research again. That's what Chris Chibnall would say. Or not that they sort of, they would say they unintentionally got it wrong. Oh, the sea devils. The sea devils. The sea devils. They just got it wrong. And the doctor did as well. But Yeah. It's fine. Um Yeah, no, that's that's um doesn't surprise me, really. But it's funny, all the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a bit it's silly, isn't it? But even how the like the plot plays out otherwise, it's like you got things that are like just make me think, oh, that doesn't make sense when you actually think about it. Like when Dan goes to um, goes with the that sort of orphaned son guy, Ying. his dad's just died. Key Ying Key Ying Key, sure, mate, sure, that's his name, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, he goes with him and to steal this boat from this like historical legend who's killed like probably thousands of people. Who's probably quite skilled in doing so. And just goes to steal a boat from this person. There's no moral discourse between the two characters about this decision. It's just like, we're doing oh, this. oh yeah, I'll come with you, mate. And it's just I so. I want to say as well, 
Dan just disappears, right, to go off with Yinky. <laughs> the Doctor and Yaz are just like, oh, I can look after himself. Oh, I'll just leave him. We'll just leave him and go go, yeah. go back to the past to see Ji-Hun. To, to do this whole Ji-Hun plot line. You know what? Dan is just abducted. Again, it's very much a thing, like I was saying about them going to the boat, where it's like, all right, let's just get the plot moving. Let's get into this next occasion. Let's get... It's like it's serving the plot in a way that compromises, um, you know, it being natural, really. Yeah, it does feel unnatural. It, it, the plot, but the plot isn't even that iconic. That's the other issue, though. I mean, my point of asking you what the plot was in your eyes was it is kind of vague. And confusing. And it's so boring that you don't really care about the plot. You're just watching it for <laughs> yeah. the sake of watching it kind of thing. Yeah, you are just sort of going along with it. You're riding it out. Yeah, definitely uh, that, fit, that resonates with me, mate, and my experience watching it for sure. Um, well, yeah. mate, is there anything else we want to cover? I mean, what other things do you want to talk about? Should we say, about, say what we liked about the episode before we, we round yes. this off? Because we're reaching, we're at one hour ten. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let, I've got in my notes, big sea monster looks cool. Ocean Agreed. shots look really cool. Agreed. Um, something about the Doctor sword fighting sea devils and that being cool as well. Um, uh, I wasn't too big on, the, on the, the sword fighting. I think it was a bit weird. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like the thing of the... It's like it's like the Sarah Jane Adventures thing, carefree children's show. Oh, it doesn't really matter anyway because it's for kids, so let's not, you know, don't think about it too much. Like the whole of them leaving Dan thing, it's like, oh, this is meant to have sort of a general air of optimism anyway, so let's just leave him and it... Oh, don't worry about things in life, kids. Just adventure. <laughs> it's all about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> exactly. Except we'll definitely go back to get Dan after that's the... Yeah, we'll come back to that. But first, what we're going to do is this complete side quest. <laughs> don't worry about Dan. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't question it, kids. Don't, just enjoy. Just watch the program. Didn't like oh, <laughs> didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like that. Um, yeah, no, with the sword fights, I thought it was a bit weird. There was a lot of scenes where obviously they're not choreographed because it seemed like they weren't really trained to do sword fighting, the actors. Um, so you had a lot of just big swing lunging, lunging towards the camera sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It, it, there wasn't a lot of actual like. I think we, we talked before, it was sort of reminiscent of the Doctor era with the sword fight, which kind of ties in with the Sea Devil thing. So I'm happy that is like better choreographed. But wait, also, what the hell are you talking about? John Bishop takes out like six Sea Devils at once. <laughs> Come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Evil Dan. Yeah, evil Dan, mate. Evil Dan strikes again. Um, anything else good? I'm trying to think if I had anything that I liked. I like Dan. I like that he provides some good comedy one-liners. Um, I like when he takes out the sea devils. Actually, pretty funny. <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be. I think I think it is meant to be because you've got these two historical figures like that are meant to be really capable of fighting. Where did you learn to fight like that? You should see me, mum! <laughs> exactly, mate. It is funny. It makes me laugh now. You should mate, meet me, mum. Yeah. Yeah, you should meet me, mum. Yeah. Or ask me, mum, whatever the fuck you said. Yeah, it was Why did funny. you learn to fight like that? That's, that is the line. That, that's the punchline, mate. 
Where did you learn to fight like that? <laughs> that we didn't talk enough about Jihan, but I think let's he's a that. guy, man. I like him. <laughs> yeah, that's another positive about the episode as well. I like him, but like sort of ironically. <laughs> he's not a good actor. I'm sorry, man. It's Jihan. I was oh. caught on my ship. Get off! Get off the boat now! Get off! <laughs> and you are his descendant. I think that's all oh, we've got for good that. things, right? I'm pretty sure. Jihan. Jihan yeah. is a highlight, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a positive. Net positive, Jihan. Bringing back Jihan's... Um, what's it called? Spin-off. Bring a Jihan Adventures... Yeah, big, big finish. If you're listening, because we, we listen to you. Yes, you better yeah, listen to us. Yeah, you better fucking listen to us, mate. Fuck! Um, fucking listen to us! <laughs> Shall we end off with our little last segment? Um, cue it, mate. I'm sure you're running this. Yeah, cue the intro now. Crap monster of the week! So go ahead, mate. Okay, so my crap monster of the week to tie in with the theme of returning classic Who Monsters into New Who is the drum roll, please. Macra. Okay. So Macra. They're speaking of um as well of derivative monsters in the fucking I can't remember what it's called, mate. I don't really care to be honest. The big fish thing in the sea levels. The Yeah, sure, mate. Sure. Um, <laughs> they're crabs, mate. They're crabs. Um, their appearance feels so minor. You know, it feels like they insert this plot device of they've devolved just to justify their them just being mindless grunts in this episode. Um, that episode being gridlock. But yeah, um, it's it's like the opposite of you know, say something like Davros bringing him back and it being so, such a strong character, uh, such a presence and so well executed uh, and translated, something like this where it's diminished in concept and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. That's my crap monster of the week, mate. Well, I would like to ponder on that a bit. I mean, I didn't hate the macro. Um, I see your point though. It could have been any mindless alien down there. It did feel a bit mm. pointless bringing back an old school villain just to uh, devolve them to mindless grunts kind of thing. Yeah, um, a bit cheap, yeah. It's cheap. It, but, you know, Doctor Who needs some of that fan service stuff sometimes, I think. Yeah, it's cheap, but that sort of makes it good at the same time, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Gridlock's not the best episode ever, anyway. I uh, kind of love Gridlock, so maybe we should okay. do that maybe for an episode. Maybe we should, yeah, dwell too deep on it now and, and save that for a, uh, a little discussion point. Yeah. Uh, in future, future episodes. Oh, I love Gridlock. Oh, so good. All right. Well, that was what we had to say about Legend of the Sea Devils um, and... Various other things that we said at the start. <laughs> so, if you enjoyed, mate, what are our socials? Right, so we've got Instagram, 
Twin Dilemma Podcast, at Twin Dilemma Podcast. Follow that if you want to be let known when we're doing another one, which hopefully we will. <laughs> we'll see. Um, also, yeah. if you want to, if you want to, right, come up. If, it, if anyone wants to come up with a little, you know, what is their crap monster of the week, we can consider it. Just Twin Dilemma Podcast at gmail.com. Right in. Even if you have any questions or anything, you know, it would be good to do a little segment in the future at some point if people write in, you know. Yeah, if that was a community-run segment, even, completely, that would be great, you know. Yeah, what is sure. What is you, your crap monster of the week, guys? And then we, we have a little discussion about it. That would be I like good. that. That would be good. Okay, yeah, well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll see you on the, uh, the other side. Mm. Indeed, the other side other side of this podcast have a good day at work have a good sleep whatever you get whatever you're doing yeah good evening good afternoon and good night